0: We're taking you back in time to the 1940s, and these are 1940s actors doing a radio play. So seeing how they interact with each other, as well as playing to the audience in the studio, as well as the people listening at home. The radio show is very important, and it's really fun to see the game of how do you make sound effects? How do you play three different characters in one scene? But how do you keep that also very interesting to a 2019 visually cued audience?
1: you are listening to a production of the social voice podcast network ladies and gentlemen
2: my aunt ladies and gentlemen quiet please quiet please I suppose we had it coming to us because in fact we weren't as innocent as we meant to be we were fed up with the way in which everything that came over this new magic box the radio was being swallowed
3: anything that came through that new machine was believed.
2: Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, young and old, old and new. Greetings from WPGH Studio A in downtown Pittsburgh, PA, right here in the U.S. of A. I'm your host, Freddie Fillmore, and it is my pleasure to bring you your favorite stories this and every week on WPGH Playhouse of the Air. Tonight, we have a real feel-good heart warmer, perfect for this or any Christmas Eve. It's a wonderful life. We begin our story in the little town of Bedford Falls, New York where a number of people in the town are praying for their dear friend, a typical American dreamer named George Bailey.
4: Dear
5: God, please look over my husband, George. George is a good boy, you know that. My son has always gone out of his way to give others a hand.
6: Now it's him who needs the help. Help my big brother, George. He's done so much for all of us. More for me than I remember.
2: Remember all the times you'd stay late after work and not ask a cent. The world needs more like George George
7: Bailey, Bailey never thinks about himself. I wouldn't have a roof over my head if it wasn't if it for wasn't him. for him, I would have given up long ago. All I think about is myself. I must have taken the last cent he, he had. He had
2: no sense of business, that George Bailey. Just like his father. None of the Baileys were ever businessmen. It's his own fault if he wasn't prepared for
8: times like these. At times like, like these. these, I can't help but think it was my fault. Help him, Father. It's me who's putting him through all this. Something's the matter with Daddy. Should we pray for him,
9: Mommy? Yes, Zuzu, pray, pray very hard. George
7: is a for good him, boy, I, know I would have that. given up My long ago. All out. I you think fire. about is myself. I must have taken the last cent he
2: had. The voices carry heavenward, and Joseph, the superintendent of angels, summons Clarence, an apprentice angel.
6: You sent for me, sir?
2: Yes, Clarence. A man down on earth needs our help.
3: Splendid.
2: Is he sick? No, worse. He's discouraged. At exactly 10.45 p.m. tonight, Earth time, that man will be thinking seriously of throwing away God's greatest gift.
3: Oh, dear, dear, his
6: life! Then I've only an hour to dress. What are they wearing now?
2: You will spend that hour getting acquainted with George Bailey.
6: Sir, if I should accomplish this mission, I mean, might I perhaps win my wings? I've been waiting over 200 years now, and people
3: are beginning to talk. What's that book you've got there? The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, sir. I was reading it when you sent for me. Oh, fine book, excellent. Well, you do a good
2: job with George Bailey, and we'll see about your wings.
6: Thank you, thank you.
2: Now, if you're going to help George, you'll want to know a little something about him.
10: Welcome to this very special episode of TSVP's Radio Theater Podcast. Someone told me the other day that I introduce every episode as special. And it is special. This one's special. (laughs) We're here with Katie George. We are in McKeesport at McKeesport Little Theater. Yes. And the theater is preparing for a radio play. Not just any old radio play, but this is, and we all know what it is, It's a Wonderful Life. This is the radio play version by Joe Landry. Mm -hmm. Kaylee is the director. Welcome, Kaylee.
0: Hello. Thank you for having me.
10: Now, you're no stranger to
0: acting. and You have a BFA in theater. I do. Yes, that's very impressive. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And you are from here? Yeah, uh, I grew up in Baldwin, and I went to Niagara University and studied in London for a little bit and got my, my world on and came back and using all that experience back at home. Have you directed before? I have. Um, recently, I've been doing a lot of uh, children's musicals and things like that. But I was really fortunate at Niagara that they had a great directing class. So I've been actually directing since high school. It seems to be something that keeps calling me back. <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's my first time directing adults in a while.
10: <laughs> Can they be worse than the kids sometimes?
0: I think they're different challenges. <laughs>
10: I understand. Do you like it better on the stage or behind uh, the scenes directing?
0: I, I always say it's it's a problem where I am sometimes better at the things that I'm not as good at. So I absolutely love being on stage. It's something I can't seem to stop myself from wanting to always do, but I, I do a, a lot of things behind the stage as well. Um, everything from directing, even sound design. Uh, I play instruments and Every stage crew position I've probably been on at least once.
10: (laughs) And that's just the nature of local theater, right? Community theater. You end up doing everything, Mm -hmm. right? Running the vacuum cleaner to running the lights to being on stage.
0: And I always find that makes actors better as well. Uh, Makes them more well-rounded, more aware of what's going on around them. So so it's always a positive thing.
10: No prima donnas here in community theater, right?
0: We don't have time for that.
10: (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. So the the play here is going to run December. We well, have a lot of dates. We do sixth and seventh and eighth, and then the thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, right? Mm-hmm. So you have six yeah. dates
0: coming up here to theater. Now this is a fundraiser, right? It is. It is a fundraiser for McKeesport Little Theater. So one of the brilliant things, Joe Landry, who wrote this, uh, reading into how the original production was, they were, you know, they wanted to do It's a Wonderful Life. It's a classic. Who wouldn't want to do that? And the way that they actually came about doing their radio show production of this was they really needed to cut down on budget. So instead of having, you know, 14 different sets for all the different locations and, you know, 50 some actors, they really pared it down and so that's what allows this production to be a great fundraiser because it's not so much about the spectacle as it is about the joy and the the fun of the show. And it's such a a wonderful heartwarming Christmas classic. Um, so it has a great draw for that as well.
10: Yes. Well, that's an interesting take on it. So, I mean, by definition, radio theater uh, is not really performed for the visual mm-hmm. optics, uh, the visual spectacle. So, But you're using that to your advantage, right? To Absolutely. Yeah. 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 This is an amazing story, as we know. You know, the, mm-hmm. the great movie with Jimmy Stewart. And I looked up some published reviews. <laughs> right? One of the best holiday shows around, Mary Houlihan says... Chicago Sun Times. I've seen the radio show performed many times, and this was one of the best I've ever seen. Live up to that, right? <laughs> a well loved tale told with style, charm, and a heart so big it can burst the ribcage of the harshest Grinch. Chicago Tribune.
3: Mm-hmm.
10: Now, yeah, live up to that. So, <laughs> no so pressure. Here, no pressure. But here's my question about the challenges mm-hmm. of getting into the theater of the mind, right? Of really painting a world through words and voices. Mm-hmm. And dialogue, right? I mean, that's that's a real challenge,
0: yeah, right? absolutely. I mean, what's really fun about this show is the challenge. Uh, having one character or one actor play, you know, eight to 15 characters. It's really fascinating to not only look at vocal technique. How do I physically make my voice sound different? How am I able to run over here, do a sound cue and run back over here, um, do this scene and also flip back and forth? So some of it's technique, some of it's uh, just the willingness to put yourself out there and try new things. <laughs>
10: right, I think uh, if, uh, Mel Blanc, right, comes to my mind. Yeah. The guy had a m- so many voices, so many mm-hmm. characters. You always knew it was Mel Blanc, but yeah. you know, you just ran with a different character. That's the real challenge, yeah. right? A lot of actors who are from the stage mm-hmm. don't have much experience. It's it's mm-hmm. an odd kind of thing for them to stay on microphone. That's really our biggest challenge is to get the actors to remember. That's your key audience, that yeah. microphone, right? <laughs> Everybody else, is, they'll get it. But if you go off mic or if you're projecting in a way that just overpowers the microphone, that's a bit of a problem, right?
0: Absolutely. And it's something we've already started looking at because it's such a – as an actor, it's such – an important interpersonal thing you know i need to look at you to see how you're reacting to me to then do my next action you know try different tactics and, and but i also need to like not <laughs> um not be physically facing you and switching around and uh, us playing with that and one of the things we've looked at and in our character work because it is a, a dual layered thing where they're playing somebody else playing these characters well you know i always like to
10: say that um you know, if you're doing radio dramas in a in a radio studio mm-hmm. uh, where there's no audience, you uh, could be there in your underwear. Who cares, right? <laughs> that's that's what it's about. But when you're doing it on a stage for mm-hmm. a live audience, and that was actually very common mm-hmm. back in the golden day to have a theater mm-hmm. a whole live audience doing that, you sort of have to split the difference between your performance to the microphone and the performance to the audience, right? You can't neglect Absolutely. either one. You know what I mean? I mean? Some of the worst radio dramas I've ever seen are where people forget the audience for mm-hmm. them. And they're just constantly just, you know, reading from the script. Yeah. Just The script is right in front of their faces, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> so it's a real – it's a challenge to split that difference and and pull that off.
0: Yeah, and uh, what's really uh, a starting point for us is because this is generally like traditional theater at McKeesport Little Theater – um, as opposed to a place that normally does radio shows, it's uh, especially the core audience who comes a lot of the times is kind of expecting that. So uh, we're starting from a place of this is a theatrical production and adding on all of the really, really cool radio elements that a lot of actors, including myself, don't get to explore a lot. So, for us, like if you go see another production, who does radio plays a lot more frequently, they will have a lot more things at the ready. One thing that cracked me up was in the appendix of the script, it's like it has suggestions of how to make certain sound effects, right? And one of them for a car door was a car door on a frame. And I'm like, well, I am sure that people who do radio plays have this around. We do not. (laughs) So finding alternatives and finding things at work and going sound effect hunting (laughs) Is a fun challenge.
10: That's one of the so. things I was curious about in your production. I've worked with some directors. They are like, get the computer out, sound effects, mm-hmm. cue it up. You know, they're fine with that. Mm-hmm. You're right. Very cost effective. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to get a real car door into, onto the stage. And I've worked with other people. In fact, right now mm-hmm. I'm working with a group. They want, uh, you might call it um, the acoustic version, yes. right? They want like handmade, mm-hmm. right? Because it goes back to the old days of the Foley artists on the stage, which was mm-hmm. part of the production, part right. of the theatrics of it. You know, to be truthful, I think a lot of those people would have said, oh, yeah, I wish I had a computer, you know, push-a-button <laughs> sound effects sort of thing. But there is that kind of that distinction between computer-generated stuff or mm-hmm. um, stuff that you make. Sometimes that stuff that's made on stage, oh, it just does not work. No. <laughs> yeah, it does not work.
0: Yeah. Uh, one of the benefits and, and one of the challenges of the show is because it is set in the 40s, we do have to make it live. <laughs> um, because they couldn't whip out a laptop <laughs> right. and do it. So uh, everyone being in the 40s, it we don't have another choice. So uh, we were having a production meeting. We're like, oh, well, I'm not sure what we can do for that one. Oh, can we just play it from the sound booth? And we're like, no. <laughs> so you're holding so, the line on this, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because I really want to get it as close to an authentic 1940s. style. we've, in terms of, you know, balancing that perf- live performance and the radio performance – we've talked about, you know, 1940s human and actor etiquette, the idea of the transatlantic accent dialect Mm. or mid-Atlantic. And we're doing our, our best to make that as authentic as possible, but still make it accurate. So that's been a really interesting challenge for the actors, because not only do they have to do everything live, they're worrying about how people in the forties did things and sounded and right. <laughs> did all those different things. So it's a, it's a very layered game, but what's really fun is something to our advantage is it's a wonderful life is so well known.
10: Yeah. So these are the challenges of radio work, acoustic mm-hmm. theater, um, sonic theater um, might be another way to put that. Any
0: other challenges for you? Well, we have an incredibly diverse cast, which is really cool because not everyone, we have some people who have BFAs in theater we have people who are quite young. We range like 18 to, I think, 62. One of our actors is actually uh, Dan Simon, who just walked by. He's actually a radio personality on Y108. So this is his first theater production ever. Oh, So he's he's used to the radio life. So we just have a, a wide variety of people. We also have a band who does live music for the commercials. And so it's just a huge hodgepodge of everybody taking all their different talents and putting it together uh, to make one really cool show. Yeah, a <laughs> yeah. band, uh, an orchestra kind of type. Uh, so it's it's a uh, little Andrew Sisters like. Mm. Um, uh, Dan De Simone, who is the musician who isn't here tonight, but he uh, he'll be accompanying the songs, doing all the music transitions, and basically underscoring the show. Right. <laughs> um, who's a dear friend of mine, but he plays basically every instrument, <laughs> and uh, between him and two of. Uh, the actor's and another actor who's coming in. Uh, they have an Andrew sister style, you know, uh, the script calls for Christmas songs, but with uh, a toilet cake commercial and um, Bremel hair product. <laughs> so they, like, shove those into the melodies. <laughs> and so we have a, uh, some nice harmonies going on and... So in addition to just the play, we also have the commercials that we're doing live.
10: That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's
0: awesome. Fun.
10: Those were a part of the whole package Absolutely. back in the day. <laughs> those commercials. The RX Theater Company, they're doing a Little Women this year yeah. in December. They do radio style commercials for their sponsors. That's awesome. Contributors. Yes. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. So tonight, this is one of your rehearsals it here. Is. We're at the theater. So this is your first radio production. Yeah. Radio Theater is not very common in general. What do you think about this art form? Is it viable? Do you think it's going to make a comeback? Podcasting is, is getting mm-hmm. people's ears tuned up again. <laughs> People are getting used to listening to things. Do you think there's a, there's a place for radio style work?
0: I absolutely do think there is. And I, I think it's something not just in terms of radio broadcasting, but I think it's something that's coming up with uh, the really big popularity of like lo-fi style music. People really want to pare things down. People are often feeling overwhelmed. And sometimes it feels like going back to basics or focusing on one sense as opposed to all of them being <laughs> very much stimulated. It seems to be very appealing right now. In college, I, I did do a couple. Like my minor was in sound design. So I have personal stake in saying, Um it's a really important thing. Uh, so you get yeah. this, right? Yeah. You,
10: you certainly get how we can get lost in in the acoustics of things um the words the sounds the story how that is such a powerful experience you Mm -hmm.
0: know you get that right absolutely recently i've been doing and working a lot of shakespeare and shakespeare was an aural art when they do shows at the globe you know they didn't have you know as many eccentric costumes and uh, sets. He had to describe everything. That's why it feels like he's saying the same thing a hundred times because he had to remind people where they were and what it looked like (laughs) because they weren't looking at it, you know? The idea of telling stories through words and just hearing it is in such a pervasive thing through the whole of human history. I have a hard time believing that that art form like theater will ever really go away. No matter what new thing comes around, it'll still always be there. Because it's such an important part of it.
10: So in a way, we're not coming back to anything. We're just really continuing on. Right? I would say that. In it, along with this whole hyper-visual, you know, ness that we have in mm-hmm. our modern world with digital media and television and uh, cinema.
9: Mm-hmm.
10: Well, Katie, hey, thanks a lot for sitting down with us as the director and sharing your thoughts on the radio theater and this production. And, um, of course, we encourage everybody to come out on the dates that I mentioned. And on, in our show notes, we'll also have those, awesome. those dates and we'll have a link.
0: Thank you so much.
2: Hi, I'm Dan Simon. I play Freddie Fillmore, the announcer, and uh, several other characters and i am so excited to be part of this because i've seen the movie it's a wonderful life about 6000 times and i feel that i've been auditioning for this for decades watching it over and over and over knowing the lines and uh, th- this is just too much fun when i when i saw the uh, facebook post about a radio play it's a wonderful life i said i have to be part of this but i'm not really an actor i don't do a much stage work at all, unless you count my third grade Christmas play, where I played shepherd number two at uh, St. Pete's School. Um, But I I just had to jump at the chance of this because I couldn't not audition. And I was surprised to get the part. And then I was assigned the Freddie Fillmore announcer role. And I was like, okay, let's get on this. Let's do it. Couldn't wait. Jumping back and forth when you have a conversation with yourself... That can be challenging, and coming up with 10 different voices that match the character and that aren't just cartoon characters that you might imitate, that kind of thing, kind of try to fit it in there without sounding like any other character you play. But so far, I'm loving it, and I'm loving the challenge. You cannot miss It's a Wonderful Life radio play at the McKeesport Little Theater because it's going to be awesome please come down it's a fundraiser like they say anyone can go to a movie come on down we'll see you here
1: my name is sean david butler i am playing the role of george bailey in it's wonderful life a live radio play both the old and the young george Um, as far as coming across with this character working on it um, obviously pretty much everyone in the country knows this movie uh, so it's very easy to discover some things, most things about the George Bailey character, but it was fun exploring, putting my own twist to it, considering this is not being done in the movie version, since it is a radio play, it's completely different. And it's a lot of fun being able to play with the actor character portraying George Bailey rather than me, Sean David Butler, portraying George Bailey. Uh, so I got to find that go-between, which is making it fun to try and find a radio personality inside of an acting personality. But of course, with it being a classic movie, I've seen it millions of times. I'm sure everybody, of course, says that. Um, so I jumped at the chance to be a part of this play. I'm also the um, on the committee that selects the plays for this theater uh, from year to year. And my history of the theater, I've never seen the show done here as a radio play. So the concept of it was something that I thought the theater would do great at with the space and with the uh, with the area and the t- the uh, audience members that usually come in. So when I realized that there was a live radio play version of It's a Wonderful Life, I jumped at the opportunity to try to get that considered. And luckily, the board of the theater agreed and decided to tack it on to the season, which I was really, really pleased of. And. Everybody, please come and see It's a Wonderful Life, a live radio play at McKeesport Little Theater. It is a wonderful theater, a wonderful space. We have fantastic performers, and it's a type of show you haven't normally seen before, uh, with it being a live radio play. So definitely come out and experience this one-of-kind show. You are not going to regret this.
9: So I'm Betsy Novotny. I'm a recent graduate from Clarion University with a Bachelor of Fine Arts in musical theater. This is my first time doing a radio play. Um, So it's a really interesting challenge because there is a live audience that we look at every single night. And it'll be a different audience, which is always fun because they bring something different to the table. And with Mary Hatch, slash Bailey, um, she's such a traditional American woman and such a beautiful version of femininity that she's stunning to bring to life. There are also challenges. She's married to a man who is such a stunning hero and is so willing to give his life for his town and for all the people that he cares about that it's very easy to let George be the focal point, but it's very important that Mary is also his mirror and she makes just as many sacrifices in the show that George does. So in my process, I've been trying to find all of Mary's little sacrifices. She gives up her honeymoon. She gives up, you know, a life of wealth and money with um, Sam Wainwright. She gives up all of her free time during World War II when she runs the USO and takes care of four kids um, while George is also busy on the home front. And she keeps George steady throughout the entire play. Every single time we go through a rehearsal, I'm just fascinated by her even more. Um, she gives up two thousand dollars in the thirties, the twenty, or late twenties, early thirties, all of her honeymoon money to help all of the people that George wants to help. I mean, that's an amazing sacrifice. Even like in like in today's money, that's almost unthinkable. That's thousands on thousands of dollars. So her brain is just this fascinating place, and it's an honor to be able to inhabit that and explore that every single night. And I find new and different things. So she's an awesome, awesome challenge. I'm so honored to inhabit a character that Donna Reed brought to life for the first time. But I'm excited. We're going to have traditional style mics. They're very shiny. I got to look at them and I didn't want to touch it because it looked very expensive, (laughs) but it'll be really cool. We're all huddled really close around them because there are only two. And it's so interesting to block a show where there isn't truly any blocking because you have to stay focused and grouped around the mic. So all the blocking is so intimate. And like, I'm arguing with the actor who plays George and we're just in each other's faces because we're sharing a mic and it's and you can't move away from somebody like you normally would in theater. It can't be like I'm mad at you. I'm crossing over here because you have to stay on that microphone so it gets even more tense and there's there's so much going on and you also get to share that with the audience because you have to look forward so that the people who are there that night can see you. It's awesome so far. I love it. Come on and check out uh, McKeesport Little theaters production of It's a Wonderful Life, The radio play opening December sixth t- through the eighth, December thirteenth through the fifteenth. Come on in and bring the Christmas spirit with ya.
6: My name's Devin Marshall. Um, I'm originally from Enola, Pennsylvania, and I moved out here because I got a job working at Saltworks Theatre Company, uh, which is where I actually met Kaylee, who is directing the show. and that's how I found out about this opportunity and auditioned for it. And um, yeah, this is my first time doing any sort of like radio play for theater. Um, I've done a lot of different shows that require playing multiple different characters. So I'm used to playing around with like my body and how I can morph myself into a different person while maintaining a level of continuity throughout like the entirety of the show. But I've never done it in a way that you have to... Be completely like still, I guess, in a sense. Um, so that's going to be a challenge for me because I'm very much a, <laughs> I'm very much an active actor. So I like to move around and I like to play around with my body and like my my movements and stuff. So I think one of the biggest challenges for me is going to be able to find a way to make big choices, but in a way that I'm still stationary, so that I'm not getting lost. yeah, so uh, I play um, Clarence, the angel, first and foremost. Um, He's kind of like just a generic, like nice guy who just really wants to help out George Bailey and figure out, you know, why he wants to give up his life. And he's really trying to figure out, you know, how can I help him? How can I help him? So that eventually uh, Clarence is going to be able to get his wings and become like a real angel, I guess. But I'm also playing uh, Harry Bailey, which is George's um, little brother, uh, I'm playing Charlie, which is this, like, older, grumpier man. And I'm playing Sam Wainwright, who's, like, this kind of southern gentleman who's, like, trying to win over Mary.
3: I gotta talk like this.
6: <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's something like that. I'm still working on it. I'm still trying to, like, figure out, like, what I want to do. And we still have time, so um, it's just a bunch of different things that I'm playing around with, I guess. You should come see It's a Wonderful Life, a radio play, so that you can help Clarence get his wings.
7: Uh, My name is Lydia Richardson. I play Zuzu, one of George's daughters. I play Bert the cop, and I play Binky the bouncer. One of the most challenging things for me as an actor was that I have to learn a transatlantic accent, and I was, well, I still am struggling to learn it, but I'm slowly catching on. Um, When I play Bert, I have to talk more like a guy, and I I'm struggling to find a correct voice so I just don't sound silly on the stage. (laughs) Well, a lot of the other actors in the show are really good at the accent. They went to college from musical theater. So I'm kind of learning from the people around me as well as um, looking things up on YouTube, watching videos with the accent, just trying to figure out how to do it in my own way by learning from other people. This is my first live radio play. So it's going to be interesting because it's something really new for me. I think everybody should come out and see It's a Wonderful Life live radio play at Mickey's Little Theater because it's something that you don't really get to see often around this area. And I think it's going to be a fun time. Hi, I'm
5: Barbara Harold, and I am I have actually six different uh, of the female characters in the uh, in the production, and um, I'm really enjoying it because I get to do many different voices and it is a challenge in trying to get them all differentiated. So that has been enjoyable trying to with working with pitch and some maybe different dialects and and it is a little different than, other acting, because in uh, one time our uh, director said to me, I was doing a line, and, and she said, well, you know, I really could see that on your face, but that doesn't come across on the radio, so we have to translate that into your voice. The the, the emotion and, you know, what I was thinking and showing on my face needs to get into the voice more, so that was a, a different take, and... Um, so I've been trying to uh, work on that. And um, and the, the costumes, the 1940s costumes are always fabulous and the hair and all that. So I'm really looking forward to doing that as well. Of course, everyone knows the story. That's not going to be new. Uh, this movie has been on TV, you know, as we all know. But just seeing it in such a different take and just really feeling like you're really in the 1940s radio studio and just all the little nuances and goings on will really freshen up the story, I think, and just uh, this will be a whole different experience for everyone. And, And I hope we get a lot of people to come and enjoy that.
8: Hi, my name is Jared Lewis, and I'm playing a multitude of characters, including Uncle Billy, Dr. Campbell, Mr. Welsh, Nick, and Ernie the Cab Driver. Now, I would say the difficulties of being in the show so far have been just trying to make each character unique and different. So not only do they stick out, but it makes a big difference in how each actor plays off of each other. But that's also been the most rewarding part was just learning how to not only manipulate my voice, manipulate my body and different things so I could uh, create these niche characters and these differences that make them seem less like characters and more like different humans on stage. Not only different characters in a play, but having to deal with the radio side, the like vocal part and just trying to focus on changing your, your voice to these, these characters to make it match their personalities and everything like that. That's been very, very fascinating to learn about and rewarding in this process. If you'd like to come see me, along with other fabulous actors in this play, make sure to come see It's a Wonderful Life, a live radio play, December 6th through the 8th and 13th through the 15th.
5: Mary, the telephone. It's Sam. I'll get
4: it. (laughs) Hee-haw. Hello, Sam. How are you?
8: Oh,
3: gee. It's good to hear your voice again.
4: Oh, well, that's awfully sweet of you, Sam. There's an old friend of yours here. George Bailey.
3: You mean old Mossback George?
4: Yes, old Mossback George.
5: y'all, put him on.
4: Wait a minute, I'll call him. George!
5: He doesn't want to speak to George, you
4: idiot. He does so, he asked for him. George, Sam wants to speak to you.
3: Hello, Sam? Hey, a fine pal you are. What are you trying to do, steal my girl?
1: Hey, what do you mean? Nobody's trying to steal your girl.
3: No, wait a minute. I want to talk to both of you. Tell Mary to get on the extension.
4: Mother's on the extension.
5: I am not.
4: We can both hear you. George, just put your head a little closer. Okay. There, that's better. We're listening, Sam.
3: I have a big deal coming up that's going to make us all rich. George, you remember that night at Martini's Bar when you told me about making plastic out of soybeans?
1: Huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Soybeans, yeah.
3: Well, my father's checked into it, George. See? And now he's going to build a factory outside of Rochester. How do you like that?
1: Well, Rochester? Well, why Rochester?
3: Well, why not? Can you think of anything better?
1: Oh, I don't know. Uh, why not right here in Bedford Falls? You remember that old tool and machinery works. You tell your father he can get that for a song. And all that labor he wants, too. Half the town was thrown out of work when they closed down. That's
3: so? Well, I'll tell him. Hey, that sounds great. Oh, baby, I knew you'd come through. Now, here's the point, George. I may have a job for you, that is, unless you're still married to the old broken-down building and loan. Oh, Mary? I'm here. You tell that guy I'm giving him the chance of a lifetime, you hear?
4: He says it's the chance of a lifetime.
1: Give me that phone. Now you listen to me, Mary. I don't want any plastics. And I don't want any job. I don't want to get married ever to anyone. You understand that? I want to do what I want to do, and you're you're not going to. Oh, Mary! Oh,
4: George! Oh,
1: Mary! I love you.
4: George, I love you too. Oh.
2: Due to circumstances beyond our control, we are unable to continue the broadcast. Evidently, there is some difficulty with our field transmission. However, we will
1: return to that point at the earliest opportunity.
5: Good night. Good night, all. I got to straighten out that closet one of these days.
1: You are listening to a production of the Social Voice Podcast Network.